Hey everybody, welcome to the X Report. I'm Raven X, and alongside me today, I got Big E.T., a.k.a. the biggest Titans and Grizzlies fan I know, a.k.a. somebody who's just so excited for Janoris Jenkins to be rocking the powder blue and dark blue. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, as far as the Janoris thing, I'm, I'm a bad time to the guys at the pool, I think he can be productive with the want him to be my cornerback one. No. But I like the sign and if they make a move in the draft as far as a trade or a draft pick to get a, a real legit quarterback cornerback one. In truth, I mean, it's not the worst thing you could have done. I mean, honestly, I take Janoris Jenkins over Malcolm Butler. So, in a way, you are improving. So, there's that. But, yeah, I also agree that the draft is really uh, you guys' best bet. But, thank you guys for joining us today. We got a cool show for you guys. We are going to look at some more news around the NFL, discuss if Michael Brockers really did, uh, really is sorry about what he said about Jerry Goff following his trade. We're going to look at the NBA trade. The trade deadline was today, March 25th. So, we're going to look at some of the moves that took place and take um, – Take a pick of our favorite trade. Then we're going to close out the show reviewing WrestleMania week, um, which is going to be coming up in just a couple of weeks, which I am excited about, and then talk the content that Peacock is planning on removing. But before we get to any of that, please be sure to check out TheXReport.net. I repeat, TheXReport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast on our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. So without further ado, Let's go ahead and get started um, with Michael Brockers. Now, one thing that it seemed to be when Jared Goff was a, was traded to the Detroit Lions was a lot of enthusiasm around the Los Angeles Rams. Despite having a really good defense last year, they finished the year 10-6, were bounced out of the playoffs by the Packers in the second round. And a lot of questions began. I'm sorry. A lot of questions came about about if they had a better quarterback, would they be better? Well, they're getting the opportunity now with Matthew Stafford. And one of the most vocal players on the team about it was defensive lineman Michael Brockers, who at the time of the trade said that the team had leveled up. Life comes at you quick because less than a month later, he was also traded to the Rams, a.k.a. the same team where Jared Goff is. And so he said um, when asked about the apology, he said, I just wanted to come to him as a man and let him know that I have so much respect for him. That wasn't any shot against him, just trying to pump up the Rams fan base. Do you really believe that? Nah, I don't. Because the thing of it is, is as a football player, if you feel like you did your job to win the game, which obviously they didn't because the defense couldn't contain anybody. But if you feel like somebody didn't do the job, you're going to feel some type of way. Like, if you have a dominant defense and a bad offense, the defense is going to, like, they're all going to be brothers that are going to love each other, obviously, because they're on the same team. But they are going to, it is going to be some moments where it's going to be just going to win somebody. We got our stop. Can the offense drive down the field to get the score, or can they get a field goal, or can they tie this game up? So I think he, he honestly and truly was slightly happy. He probably was really happy about the fact that they finally got rid of their dog to get Matthew Stafford. The thing of it is, in those situations, you can't publicly say that because, like, like you just stated, life comes at you fast. He's on the lines with their dog all over again. And it's like, 
position that was in the locker room before the trade happened and like what was going on. You know, I saw a story on, I read a, a little article that was talking about the um, friction between Sherman and Hayden Derrick all started mm-hmm. like, 20, I think it was 2018 to 2019 after they lost the playoff game. Mm-hmm. And, and like stuff like this to pop out, pop up more when you have like players come out and saying like, most of this things like what he said about um, after the trade. I don't believe he. I don't believe he was just saying that the route was fan base. I mean, he generally was happy that he had a better quarterback. I mean, rightfully so. Like Matthew Stafford is a supreme upgrade over Jared Goff. And yes, in my opinion, they're in the toughest division in football now, given you know roster moves and teams getting healthy. But the Rams still have a opportunity to make the playoffs, and I would want to be in the playoffs with Matthew Stafford and my quarterback. Yeah, which is totally understandable. I mean, I'm in a total agreement with you. I don't think he just said it, you know, to roll up the fan base. I mean, I'm sure he was excited. I mean, he he was there all year. He saw the games when Jared Goff would throw two, three interceptions, was looking bad. So, I mean, he it's one thing for us on the outside to be like, oh, yeah, it's a level up. Oh, they're getting better. It's a whole other thing if your teammate or former teammate is like, yeah, no, we're getting better because they see everything firsthand. And so I'm agreeing with you. I don't think that he should have said it publicly. But, I mean, he said what he said. And at the time, he meant it. And I feel like had the situation been different, had he not been traded, I feel like he would have stood on it and never looked back. But the unfortunate thing is he ended up getting traded, coincidentally, to the same exact team as Jared Goff. And then like you were saying about, like, journalists always, like, looking for things to nitpick at, well, this is going to be an ongoing storyline. If Jared Goff has a bad game, I'm sure they're going to be looking at Michael Brockers for a quote. They're going to be looking for Michael Brockers to say something. And normally, like, they never would look for Brockers to say anything. But in this case, because of everything that happened, now they want to know what he has to say. But let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk some Tyreek Hill. We all know Patrick Peterson signed a mega contract extension last offseason, which was nice and dandy. But as we all figured, it would not last long in the sole purpose of it was going to start being restructured. Um, among over the last few weeks, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs have been working to get more cap space, and then doing that, they've asked players Tyree Kill, um, Patrick Mahomes, as well as Travis Kelsey to restructure their contracts. Two out of the three did, but Tyree Kill decided not to, and quote, just saying, Once I'm signed, I'm signed. So, do you think that Tyree Kill will regret not restructuring his deal? Yeah, then 
trustees' contract to alleviate some cap space so that they can move and wiggle with you in, in the future. Yeah. But as far as, you know, him as a player, I'm all for players being, getting that bag. Get whatever the thing going to give you. Like, you are, you are worth, you, your worth is what they give you. So go for it. You. Like, if they want to give you the bag, sign that contract. I think, you know, it ultimately, it kind of based on the selfish, especially after, you know, Patrick Mahomes signed the biggest contract in sports, one of the biggest contracts, if not the biggest contract in sports, if I'm not mistaken. And he restructured his deal. And, you know, it makes him look selfish. It could potentially cause some friction in the locker room. Like, hey, bro, why you didn't do it? You know, gotta, uh, you know, we're trying to win. We got a we gotta window to win championships. And if you would have did it, we could add some more pieces to help us win. But as far as him personally, I don't think he, like, hell. I think he he right for saying I'm like, hey, y'all signed me to this contract. I'm gonna get my money. My wife be off. on me. In turn, like you said, in terms of getting your money, I mean, yeah, I mean, you sign a contract. You want to believe this is the money that you're gonna get, and I think that in terms of just self-preservation and just trying to make sure that you're good for your future, your family's good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense as to not wanting to do it. I think the issue, however, is going to be that because he did not do it. And the thing is, he's right now, Tyreek Hill is one of the top receivers in the league. And so it's not that big of a deal because it's not like they're just going to cut him out right. But let's say he has a down year this upcoming year. What if he has another down year from that and he keeps this mentality of I'm not going to restructure my deal? They'll be like, okay. You're going to get cut or you're going to get traded. But especially if they really need that money, they'll make it work. Especially because if uh, Patrick Mahomes continue to play at the level that he plays at, receivers going to be jumping up and down to play with Patrick Mahomes, trying to play with the Chiefs. So I think that for right now, I don't see it as too big of a deal just because, I mean, he's a consistent player. He's one of their best offensive players. So it's not like they're just going to cut him outright. And it's not like they're in a dire cap situation like the Saints or like the Eagles, who are really bad in the cap. But if it was a situation like they desperately needed money and he really was trying to say no, I could see them I could see them parting ways with them. So if I was Tyreek Hill, I understand staying your ground, but long term, I don't think it's a good move. But uh let's go ahead and change gears. Mike Clay of Pick Six uh took to Twitter to say this. Browns, Broncos, football team, 49ers, Patriots, Giants. If we remove quarterback from the discussion, these are top these are teams with top 10 if not top 5 rosters on paper right now. The teams that gets the most from their quarterback position have a shot for a big 2021 season. So Ethan of the Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, Washington football team, San Francisco 49ers, a New England Patriots and New York Giants, which team do you think is going to get the most out of their current quarterback? Not the quarterback who they could potentially draft, but the quarterback on their roster right now. Um, I'm being honest. I'm going to have to go with Baker Mayfield. Seeing as how he came off a great year last year, and he, he is going to have – he. He has the best weapons. He's going to have a returning ability. He has Charles and Patrick. He has a long I think Kareem Hunt. Yeah, right. Kareem. No, Kareem Hunt's still there. Yeah, he has Kareem Hunt and he has um, Benjamin Joku. And he still has the familiarity with that offense. And I think what changed this season 
quarterbacks listed I would say I would I trust Baker the most to get it done I mean with regards to the football team I you can make an argument I guess for Ryan Fitzpatrick but I don't I'll be honest of the teams that they listed I don't really see any of them as a top five roster so I think that's a much a bit of a stretch but but I mean at least with Baker he's gonna have that continuity with the team they're coming off a playoff push last year the expectations are pretty high I'm not saying I necessarily trust Baker, but I do think that because, like you said, they found their identity. Because there's each everybody's starting to really know their role. I think that it's going to help their offense out tremendously. And I think that if Baker can just have a – like this past year was fine. It wasn't unspectacular, but it wasn't bad. He wasn't turning the ball over a whole bunch, making really bad plays. Like he had a really solid year, especially after – the uh, Bengals game, once that was in week five. Like, after that, he really started to turn things on and look like a fine quarterback. And at this point, if you have a good enough roster, you don't need a superstar quarterback. You don't need an MVP. You just need somebody who can get the job done, who does not cost you games. And so I feel like of the other quarterbacks, uh, the teams listed, I think that Baker is the guy, one, who could be that guy. But uh, speaking of quarterbacks, specifically of the 2018 class, uh, let's talk Sam Darnold. A bunch of hoopla has been made about what they are going to do with the second overall pick. Should they trade down? Should they take a quarterback? Etc. Well, new wide receiver Corey Davis, Davis was asked about the current quarterback situation in New York and had this to say. I'm coming in with the understanding that Sam is the guy. So if you are the New York Jets, you're Robert Sala, your brand new head coach, are you going into the season with Sam Darnold as your quarterback or are you going to try to get a quarterback with the second overall pick? I think me personally, I would stick with Sam Darnold for the simple reason of like I stated, I think in our previous episode of the one before like Sam Darnold is something he can he's a talented guy. Like yes, he can make some bone headed plays, he'll throw a a the obvious there. But it's also like, you know, he hasn't had a weapon and he hasn't had structure as far as the organization. And I think, you know, with the most it's made with Robert Tyler and things of that nature, like just adding structure. Like, I think he'll be a guy that can add structure to the organization. He can hold people accountable. And then I also think that he he's going to play a specific brand of football. Like, I don't think he's going to be – because he's a defensive coach, so I don't think he's going to be the type of coach that's going to air the football out and make him throw like 30, 40 times a game. I think he's going to probably establish a run, establish a run, and they might go off the line with the second overall pick, even though I know they have um, Mikey Beckham, who's a great offensive lineman in himself. But I think that you go with that, you add it for days, might be able to, you know, draft a decent receiver in the later rounds of the draft and maybe get the running back. And 
think Sam Brody is a bad quarterback. I think he's been in a bad situation for the majority of his career. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you because it really there are only a few quarterbacks who you put whoever around them and they're going to get the job done. Not to and that's just saying the guys like, you know, of course Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Manning, Aaron Rodgers, we've seen it with Russ, we've seen it, well, I can't really say Patrick, but I you know, we would under assumption Patrick Mahomes would be able to do it. Like, they will be able to elevate guys around them, even if they are not superstars. But the thing about the Jets is they don't even have anybody who... The best receiving option that he has had since coming into the league is Jamison Crowder. And Jamison Crowder is not a bad receiver, but he's not top 20. He's not top 25, and it's a stretch to say top 30. Like, he's solid, but he's not somebody that defenses are getting excited about. And so I feel like no matter who you were to draft at the second overall pick, who's really going to be able to make something out of nothing? Like, the roster, especially offensively, is bad. You bring in Corey Davis, but we've seen before A.J. Brown got there, he really was not the type of guy who could be a number one receiver. Like I said, um, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims. His game really hasn't translated, excuse me, so far into the pro level, so you don't know what's going on with that. Your run game's a mess. Your offensive line is a mess. Your defense is a mess. There are problems at so many different areas of New York's team that it's like just because you change quarterbacks isn't going to make it better. You know, it's not going to all of a sudden fix every other issue on your team. And sure, you're making some nice free agent acquisitions like getting Carl Lawson. That was a solid pick. Um, I really like them getting Sheldon Rankins. Like, you're doing things that make sense. But on the flip-hand side of it, just because you have a quarterback is not going to fix everything. And I think that if I'm the Jets, my thought process is, okay, what I want to do is I want to have as much talent as I can get on this team. And so what I would do is I would trade back from the second overall pick because you know there's going to be plenty of teams trying to move up and retool my team, restock my team with rookies and get talented ones at that. And then if I put as much talent as I possibly can around Sam Donald and he can't do it, then that's where he can go. But honestly, um, I don't remember who said it, but it was like besides maybe Trevor Lawrence, which quarterback could you possibly draft right now and they could give you more in new york than what sam donald has and i don't think there's really anybody so i would keep them and i would just trade back and then restock get a whole bunch of draft picks and if it doesn't work out after that then that's that lets you know everything you need to know about sam donald but all right so let's talk some free agency I know first week of free agency, after that, the excitement kind of dies down because usually the best players get big deals. But week two has still been some solid uh, signings that have taken place. So, Ethan, are there any that you would consider your favorites? Um, I like I like P2 going to the Vikings. We talked about it. I think it could be a good, good overall just because of them. Like they, their defense wasn't it to the standard that has been in previous seasons, and I think adding him to that mix, it can help them out a lot. Uh, I like to imagine going to Washington. It's a good little sign, and he could be a great British quarterback for what they want to do. There's not that many, like, after that, that I'm really just fond of. 
I got about three. I got three that I really enjoy. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into them. But the first of which, Kenny Galladay going to the Giants. If not for any other reason, you your receiving group, honestly, since Odell has just lacked a star. Sterling uh, Shepard is cool, but he really hasn't emerged as being a number one guy. Darius Slayton is inconsistent. Golden Tate didn't work out. Bringing in Kenny Galladay gives you a true number one. You retool that offense. You get more weapons. And then Danny Danny Dimes, man. Daniel Jones is on the clock because, like I was saying for Sam Darnold, he has talent. And if he can't do anything with it, that lets you know everything you need to know. Um, I really like Desmond King going to the Texans. I don't think the Texans are going to do anything, but they're getting really good players for a nice value. I want to say it was one and a half. I think it was three and a half. Million for Desmond King on a one-year deal, which you and I talked about it. We both, I think, really highly of Desmond King. Sure, he may just be a slot corner, but, I mean, slot corners get the job done. We're seeing it with Kenny Moore, Chris Harris. Some cats make a career off of being a really good nickel corner. Um, I like that, and I like uh, Kyle Fuller going to the Broncos on a one-year deal. I thought that was a great pickup. Gets him back with Vic Fangio, and combining him, Ronald Darby, and their um, Michael Olajumida. I'm not. I'm, I butchered his name, but I like what they're trying to do at corner. So those are some moves that I like so far. I mean, there's still some solid free agents available. Um, Jadavian Clowney, you know, if you need a Russian presence. Um, so, yeah, yeah. What you said? I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said if he stays healthy. Yeah, if he's healthy. I mean, I wouldn't sign him for nothing crazy. Like it'd be a real cheap deal. But if he's healthy, he's a solid run presence. Sammy Watkins. Is honestly the best wide receiver available. Um, oh, yeah. So, before we move on to the NBA, do you think that Todd Gurley gets signed? Because he's still a free agent. It's weird. I, I think he Because he wasn't bad in that level. Like, he showed that he still had some gas left from the tank. I think he, I know he kind of slowed down towards the end of the season. But obviously, you know, there's wear and tear on the body. But I think, you know, like, if, you, if you're a team that has a clear cook, and you need, like, a, um, a change pace type of back, I would sign him. Yeah. I, I think like, he'll be a nice sign as well. I'm sorry, go ahead, man. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, I would sign him. And, yeah, I wouldn't I would give him a lot of carries, but I feel like he can make do with the carries he can get. Yeah, I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. I think that in like a rotational role or just as like another running back, I think that'd be helpful. Like for example, if let's say the Steelers in the first round get Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, bringing in a player like Todd Gurley would be a really nice change of pace to those guys. If they were to, if he was to sign to. I was gonna say Seattle, but no, because Chris Carson has injury concerns as well. So I feel like that wouldn't necessarily work. I think that if the uh, Raiders hadn't assigned Kenyon Drake, I think that Todd Gurley could have been a fit there. Like, it, it's different teams that would have worked out. I hope that Todd Gurley gets signed just because, it's like, it's crazy because two years ago, maybe three, this dude was MVP candidate, NFL's Offensive Player of the Year, like, literally willed the Rams to a Super Bowl. He was the best back in the NFL. Literally. But I was going to say, New York, the Giants. Yeah. I know Saquon was coming back from the injury, but like, they split the characters between the two of them. They were going to put this much wear and turn on Saquon. And like, 
Yeah, and so it was just wild to me. Like, I mean, I I feel like he's probably not gonna get signed probably till closer to the start of the season. But it's it's just I just would hate to think that his career would just be over. Like he's done so much in such a short time. It'd be crazy just to think, wow, like nobody's even thought of Todd Gurley. And another team before we move on, uh, the Bengals could work out. I'm not that sold on Joe Mixon, but I mean he's solid. And if they were to get rid of uh Gio Bernard, I think that Todd Gurley would be a nice fit because like you say, he's a really good receiver out of the backfield and he could create plays like that. But that's crazy. All right, let's talk NBA. Ethan, what are your top three takeaways from this past week of action? And top three takeaways are it's gonna be after this pregnancy deadline, it's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of interesting moves in the playoff race. A lot of these things is in the playoffs they made moves in my opinion to get better. Um two, you know I hate to say it, but some of these some of these moves are weird. Like some. <laughs> Yeah, like one of them, in my opinion, it was kind of weird with the run off the Yeah, that's not a trade I would have made. I would have, the thing is, I would have made it, but I wouldn't have gave up that much for a run off. Yeah, because it, it was Lou and then two first round picks, if I'm not mistaken. We'll get to it when we look at the trades, but. But, but yeah, like they gave up Lou some picks for a run off for a guy that's probably only going to be there for like a year. And he's gonna probably either dip out again if he wins or if he doesn't win. And number one, honestly, like the injuries have just played the NBA of his stars these past couple weeks. LeBron, yeah. Joel and Beat, he's out. Giannis on, got hurt. I mean, the, uh, 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 LaMelo. Like, yeah, LaMelo. Uh, Jason Tatum was out due to illness. Uh, yeah, like, it's. Is like like so we can change the whole, the because of injuries. Now, not to play devil's advocate, but do you feel like because they rushed the start of the season and players really haven't had much of a break since that time? Do you think that's played into the injuries? I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but the thing of it is, like a lot of the guys that got hurt, they got hurt off of free. Off of free plays like LeBron and um, Solomon here running to you. Period. Like, fell to the bleachers. And even what happened with Joel B, he just landed awkward after a dunk. Something that, you know, like, Joel B probably feels his probably is one of the like he's been known to have time in the season. And it's like, he just started having to land awkward at one time and it took him out. So, I don't know. And I think maybe if it was like hamstring injuries and things that they had to get out of like, yo. Because those are things that come from like poor conditioning and poor diet and poor sleep and all of that. But like these are kind of more of a like, they just freak accidents that happen. Man, I feel you on that. All right, let's talk our Mamba players of the week. Coming out of the East for me, Julius Randle. 
Now, if you would ask me if this was what Julius Randle would have become, especially right after we traded him out of L.A., I would have thought you were crazy. I would have called you a liar, but he's really coming into his own. I mean, back-to-back games where he's just been dynamic, best of which coming against the um, Washington Wizards where he dropped 37 points, 7 of 10 from 3, really just dominating all facets, and I think – I think he's really starting to put people on notice. He's starting to make the Knicks a team that people want to watch. And it's crazy that it took Julius Randle to do that because people are expecting, you know, a KD or a Kyrie to do it. So props to Julius for being my Mamba out of the East. Yeah, I got to go with Julius, too. And it's wild when you think about it. Like, the really, like, only thing in this game is three-point shooting. Yeah. Like, the game was kind of – the same, but he's a way better three point shooter. Like I think I saw something where he before this season he was shooting like twenty he only made like twenty nine threes in his whole career. And he's already made like probably close to two hundred. Yeah. And he's shooting like forty two percent from the from three. So it's wild just the growth that he's shown in this game. So I gotta go with Julian Brown. And then out of the West, I know this is the first time that I'm giving it to him, but De'Aaron Fox, my Western Mamba player of the week. I mean, we celebrated, was it this past week, the four-day stretch of Kobe dropping 50 or four-game stretch. And, I mean, De'Aaron's not dropping 50, but he's getting close to 30, if not over 30. Back-to-back games of over 30 points. He's really, in terms of being the mama, he's carried the load. When nobody else really has been able to do it, he has done that. The unfortunate thing is the Kings are a bad team. It sucks, and it's not – nobody likes to hear, but the Kings are not a good team. And De'Aaron Fox, I feel like he's only a year or two away, if that from being in a situation like Bradley Bill, where people are going to say he's being wasted. But over this last week of action, he's literally just been balling. So I'm going to go De'Aaron. I got to go with uh, – I got to go with John Murray. We are, we're a goddamn above 500, and he's a big reason why. He stepped up big in the game against Miami, hit the game winner. Then the game against Boston, he had, I believe he had like 29. And we came up to W, and he, he didn't have a great, spectacular game, like a bad game against OKC. But he had a decent game, but he just makes plays in a big win. So, pick it up the job. Respected. And then, all right. Now moving on to the Mamba Rookie of the Week. I got to go Anthony Edwards. Just dropped 29 last night against the Dallas Mavericks. And just been looking consistent. I mean, unfortunately, I hate to say it like this, but barring something crazy happening, he's probably going to end up in a Rookie of the Year by default. But, I mean, his game has really turned on over the latter few weeks, especially since the All-Star break. I mean, he's just been a joy to watch. I mean, it was funny because last week, um, literally a week ago, we were talking about Anthony Edwards, and that night, him and uh, him and Cat combined for what ninety two, something like that, because he dropped forty two, and I don't remember how much Cat had, but they both dominated, and so I'm gonna go Anthony for my rookie. Yeah, I gotta go Anthony Edwards too, because honestly, kind of by default, like you said, uh, Lamelo's hurt, James Wiseman doesn't come from injury. Uh, Therese Halliburton, he's been steady, but nothing spectacular. Yeah, nothing spectacular, but uh, 
All right, let's talk about some of those injuries, though. You did mention them. Uh, starting with Charlotte, it was reported um, a few days ago that LaMelo Ball is expected to miss the rest of the season with a fracture to his right wrist. It's really unfortunate because you and I were talking about it and about how he actually makes the Charlotte Hornets an interesting team to watch. Right now, they're the fourth seed at 22-21. The Miami Heat are riding their trail. Um, as well as the Knicks and the Hawks, all 22 and 22. Do you think that the Hornets can keep it together with him out and end up making the playoffs? Because I don't see it happening. I don't either. I think they're still going to be an exciting team, but LaMelo was the, was the guy that gave the team like the buzz and the energy. Kind of in very similar situations to John Murray last year when he was on, when he burst on the scene for the Grizzlies. But I think they have... I can get them like a 30% chance because they still do have some serviceable players like Terry Rogers still. He can still get the job done in my opinion. Gordon Payton can still do things, but I think that the buzz and like the energy probably might be sapped out a little bit now that look a little down. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, as far as like the, I feel like the energy is gonna just be kind of gone. I mean, we know how the East is. The East is a dog fight, but not necessarily in a good way. The records aren't going to be spectacular. It'll be teams with not great records. And if they were in the East, they probably wouldn't even... I mean, if they were in the West, they probably wouldn't even be in the playoffs. But because they're in the East, they get some of that consideration. So, I think I think they have... Like you said, I think they'll have a chance. But, I mean, looking at the uh, conference standings as it right now, like I could see the Pacers, especially if Karis LeVert can get going. And if Malcolm Brogdon just can continue to do what he does. I mean, I could see them contending right now. They're nine... Who to say that we can really count out the Bulls, especially with the trade that they made today? Um, the Raptors, I mean, that's a veteran team. Though losing Norm Powell will hurt. Like, it's it's a few different ways that you could look at it. But overall, I think that – I don't think that's going to happen. But let's continue on. Let's talk about the West. Let's talk the Lakers, who, as we know, were already without AD for – it's funny because every time you hear, it seems like it's going to be a month. And then in two weeks come, oh, we think it was going to be a month. Like, it's no real timetable on AD. And then, like we, you mentioned earlier this past week, LeBron James ended up getting hurt. Uh, LeBron is slated to be out at least the next three to four weeks with a high ankle sprain. The MRI came back negative, but he's still going to be out. Now, as of right now, the Lakers sit at 28-16. and 16. They are the fourth seed out of the West. Do you think that it is time to hit panic, the panic button for Laker Nation? Um, uh, no. The thing of it is, is, the Lakers have the type of roster that wants LeBron, regardless of the seed that they have. If they get a healthy LeBron and a healthy AD, they instantly become a championship contender. Like, legit, they could be, they could drop to like the seventh seed. And they will be the most dominant seventeen in the history of the NBA. Yeah, and they can just go straight to the uh, they can they can go straight and go back to another NBA finals. So I don't think like I feel like Lakers fans would do it during the regular season just because like especially now that they've had LeBron and AD that got their standard of being a winning basketball team, and not just putting a bunch of young guys out there who don't know how to play ball together like they were in the previous season. So people might panic, but me, if I were a Lakers fan, I wouldn't panic. I'd be like, when we get LeBron AD back, we sure. Yeah. I think you hit the 
nail right on the head with regards to the fee, the years of mediocrity before LeBron and AD got here. And so I think that there's such a fear of going back to that because the latter years of Kobe and like the post Kobe years, that was a rough time to be a Lakers fan. And so I think that not having that star power definitely kind of brings brings back some of those uh those those war stories. But I I'm in agreement with you. I'm not really tripping off of it too tough. I think that if worse come to worse, at least one of them will be coming back. You know, before the season is about to close. And I think that I hope we can bring in Andre Drummond. I think that that would be a really nice addition. But I mean, with the guys that we have now, it's not like we're gonna lose every game. Even though it has not been pretty. I mean, right now we're what? Yeah, we're like 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games. So it's not exactly great. But overall, I'm not, I'm not exactly losing too much sleep. Just because, like you said, I know eventually they're going to come back. And we'll get it together. It's just going to be ugly right now. And that's okay. But all right, let's talk trades. All right, so... I'm not going to talk every single trade because a lot did happen, but I'm only going to talk the ones with relevant players who will have an impact. Uh, starting with Victor Oladipo being traded to the Miami Heat in exchange for Avery Bradley, uh, forward slash guard Kelly Olenek, and a 2022 draft pick swap. Uh, J.J. Redick was traded to the uh, Dallas Mavericks alongside Nicola Melli. The uh, Pelicans are going to get James Johnson, Wes Iwadu, and a second round pick in the upcoming draft. Um, nah, Marquise Chris was traded to the Spurs in exchange for uh, Katie Lalane. Rondo, like you mentioned, Rondo's going to the Clippers in exchange for Lou Williams and two future second round picks. And then uh, Norman Powell is going to the Portland Trailblazers. You just sent me an interesting stat on that, which is kind of wild. Um, in exchange for guard Gary Trent and then uh, Rodney Hood, who will be going to the Raptors. And then the final trade really to, um, I'm sorry, I lied. I forgot about the other, uh, what's it called, trades. Uh, Aaron Gordon and Fred Gary Clark are going to the Denver Nuggets, while the Orlando Magic are going to get Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton in a projected first-round pick in 2025. Uh, the Celtics got guard Evan Fournier in exchange for Jeff Teague and two future second-round picks. And the Bulls landed Nikola Vucic and Al-Faruq Aminu in exchange for Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2023 first-round pick. I know I threw a lot of information at you at once, but I know you being a basketball guy, you are already on top of it. So of these trades, which one would you say is your favorite? I have three. So, and I, I understand why. Mm-hmm. So, number three, I love Norman Powell for because, you know, they have, they honestly had a lot of injuries over the past couple seasons. And when those injuries happened, i.e. mainly to CJ, it's been on game to go otherworldly for them to win in games. And yes, they, this season they've had like flashes of mellow stepping up and making plays and, you know, going back to Vincent mellow. But when you add Norman Powell, people are forgetting that this dude, last season, he averaged 18 points a game. This season, he's averaging 20 points a game. And he's also the third leading on uh, three-point field goal percentage shooter behind Joe Harris. 
Uh, I'll look it up. But he's the third leading three-point shooter. So you add Ed Will, Daniel Lewis, CJ McCollum, um, Yusuf Nurkic, Melo, and... Tony Snell. Yeah, Tony Snell. Well, that could be a deadly... Uh, that could be a deadly move, especially for Portland in the playoffs. Because he can also play both sides of the ball. So he's the type of guy that you can throw on a LeBron or, uh, you know, a Donovan Mitchell, a Jamal Mary. Then he can make their life... He can make their life difficult on the defense, man. Number two, I got to go with Nikola Vucevic going to the Chicago Bulls. But he's a guy... He averages this season. He's averaging twenty four to ten. He getting out of the post. But the thing that I like, the reason I like it so much is he provides spacing. Like he's a knockdown shooter. Just at the top of the key, you can run a pick and pop with him and Zach Levine, and he will more than likely knock down that shot a lot of times. And they also give Zach Levine more room to operate because, in my opinion, Zach Levine is a top. I go at least top six shooting guard in the NBA. And, like, that gives him the space to operate and to take better advantage of mismatches. And it's also just another option. Like, I think one of the things that Chicago lacked was they lacked a true second option behind Zach Levine. And now they have one. And don't go in. Obviously, it's Depot with Miami. Like, he, he was, we know... In the offseason, it was chronicled that he was talking to teams, talking about, come get me, come get me. And Miami was one of those teams. And Miami came and got him. And I think, you know, he's the type of guy he can create his own style. He can create for others. He can he can defend. Him. And he's the type of player that can fit where we did before. Because he can also play off the ball and let the team do him. And, like, he's a dog when he. When he's on the court, like, yes, he's had a couple of injuries, but when he's on the court, he's the type of player that's going to go with a hundred percent. So, like, that's like my stuff. All right, so it's funny you uh you mentioned Oladipo and when he was saying, come get me. How fast do you think he would get jumped if he tried to do that while he was a part of the Heat and he was trying to teams to come get him? Uh, between Jimmy and Bam, like, so did they find out. They put him in the locker room, him in the open up on the and they're going to go to work. As they should. As they should. All right, before we kind of move on from trades, Kyle Lowry was a player whose name was bounced around a lot. I mean, just based off of yesterday's news, especially last night, you would have thought that that man was guaranteed to get traded. And, of course, he ended up not moving. But um, a lot of questions were asked about him, and Nick Nurse, who was the head coach of the uh, Toronto Raptors, said this. He'll go down as maybe the greatest Raptor ever, I think. So, would you be in agreement that uh, Kyle Lowry is the best player to ever rock the Raptors jersey? I mean, honestly, I'm in agreement because the thing of it is, like, the second clubs that come to mind is Lamar. Like, this Vince Carter, he, he's on the list, but things really didn't accomplish a lot for Toronto. He just was a very exciting up-and-coming player. But, like, Kyle Lowry's won the championship. He's been in the playoffs most of the years. He's been the, so, the heart and soul of the franchise for most of the years. So, I got to go with Kyle Lowry. 
Yeah, I'd be in agreement with you about Kyle Lowry. Like you said, I mean, the next closest argument you can make is a DeMar. Um, Chris Bosh had a really productive career there, um, as did Vince Carter. But I think in terms of just how much they've meant to the organization and the team long term, especially, and then having a ring to boot, I definitely would be in agreement with you about uh, Kyle Lowry being that cat. But speaking of being the greatest, Draymond Green is never afraid to talk. And in a recent interview uh, from NBCS Bay Area, he said, I think I'm the best defender to play in the NBA. I put myself against anyone. To that, Tony Allen, well-respected, especially in the Memphis area, area, took exception to that and responded, Big Cap, who stamped you? Who you clamp? In the words of Jay-Z, we don't believe you. You need more people. Um, to respond to that, of course, Draymond said, I was waiting on you to stamp me, big homie, but your stamp book started running low in 2015 when we used you against your team on the way to my first championship. That's all fun and games. But realistically, we were both in agreement that I, it'd be impossible to pick, have everybody in agreement about who's the greatest defender. But if you asking me to pick, I'm taking Tony Allen every day of the week because he got stamped by Kobe. And if Kobe stamps you, that's all you need to know. Yeah. For me personally, I got to go to the A. Because Tony Allen has been stamped two of the, in my opinion, top five. Offensive talents all the time in the history of the NBA. One, like you just said, Kobe Bryant. And two, Kevin Durant. Like, people forget that when Tony Allen was healthy, he was clapping a prime Kevin Durant in the playoffs. Yeah. I remember watching these games. I went through these games. I thought my books to these games. Like, Tony Allen, as far as my opinion, as far as they are, He's probably the best guard defender I've ever seen. Right. And, like, in the case of Draymond, I got to go to what he did. They were using him against. They were using Tony against his team to win the first championship. First thing, Tony got to pull his hamstring that series. After he pulled his hamstring, he only played 10 minutes in the game after he pulled his hamstring. And, like, the next two games, he didn't play at all. So, you technically didn't use him against Dan because, one, this man wasn't healthy. Like, he couldn't run. And, two, he wasn't complete. And you also beat a grizzly team that had to injure Mike Conley. Like, that was the year. Mike Conley got his back to back in the series before. Jamal and Pope did smack him in the face. And everybody was mad about it. And he got it back. Had a, had a game in his life, and after that, after that one game, he couldn't he couldn't go anymore. Like he gave all he had. So I don't want to just talk about that ever because that old statement that is flawed. It's key. Yeah, but, and, and uh, confidence is key. It's just very much yeah. so misplaced.
Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that. But let's talk about misplaced opinions. And I love Magic Johnson. Easily one of my all-time favorite players. I have a beautiful OG Magic Johnson jersey hanging in my closet right now. But sometimes he says stuff that just seems real crazy. Most recently, he joined First Take, and um, the subject of Lonzo Ball came up, to which he replied, there's no point guard in this league whose basketball IQ is higher than Lonzo Ball. If you would have said young point guard, you may have an argument. But last time I checked, Chris Paul was still in the league. He's still playing. Actually, he's having a great year in Phoenix. Or maybe I'm crazy. But this is a hard no for me. So, not only Chris Paul, but a man that just got traded in Russia and Rondo. Like, yes, his name isn't as attractive and sexy as it once was in his past. Like, when he was with the uh, Boston Celtics. But he's a hell of a point guard. Like, I think yeah. the biggest knock is he just can't shoot as consistently as other cats, but he's a great distributor. Yeah, and I think Chris Paul might come, might come Like, it's a lot of great. Because the thing is, it's hard to, in my personal opinion, it's hard to make this statement when, in all honesty, this whole era of the NBA has been dominated for the most part by a lot of great point guards. Right. Like, you know, you have Russell Westbrook. John, at one point, you had John Wall. Um, Dane. Steph Jill, Curry. Chris uh, Paul. Chris Paul. Kimba. Like, you have a lot of great point guards. And I think, in my opinion, out of all of them, as far as I can, I got to go see B. Yeah. He can like manipulate the man or something in the animals. And it's like he just torn with people. Especially when he gets his bag and starts like getting the handle going, kinda getting saucy pity. Like, I gotta go see B. I can't go uh, I can't even go uh, as far as the young point guard. Like I said, if we talking young, it would be an argument, but overall it's just it's just wild to me because then it begs the question, well, when did he develop this this intelligence. When did he develop this IQ? Because he didn't have it in L.A. He was fine in L.A., but this is the best year he's had in his career by far. And so it's just it just sounds kind of far-fetched. Like I said, I love Magic, but this one, this was a cold one. This was a, I did not agree with him on this one. But let's go ahead. Let's talk some Steve Kerr. And let's be honest. Steve Kerr is a likable guy. Especially after watching The Last Dance, got him a whole lot of fans. But it seems like one of his fans is not Kevin Durant. He recently did an interview with Logan Murdoch when he essentially said he enjoyed last season when the Warriors went 15 and 50 more than the De- the Kevin Durant's final year with the Warriors. He quote said, I enjoyed last season when we had the worst record more than I enjoyed the last season when we went to the finals. That last year was tough. There was a lot going on, some that you know about, some that you don't. That was very, that was very difficult. To which Kevin Durant responded, this is hilarious. I don't see an issue with it because it's like, let's be honest, even before 
the season really got kicked off. We could hear it was a whole bunch of rumblings. It was drama about, is Kevin Durant going to stay? Are the Warriors going to let him go? Then him and Draymond get into it saying, we don't need you. Calling him a B-word, saying we won a championship without you. All this talk. And so I can only imagine how toxic and how much hostility was in that locker room. So, yeah, you may not be winning games. You may not be winning the championship. But it's still like I'm sure it was way more peaceful last year than it was in KD's final year. So I don't think it's fair that Steve Kerr is getting jumped on because of it. I mean, if it's more peaceful, it's more peaceful. Because just because you're winning does not mean it's fun. You know how many players went to the Patriots and talked about how miserable they were? Yeah, you're winning games, but you're not having fun because the environment is not healthy or it's not healthy for you. So I don't see how Steve Kerr really has been getting blasted for it. I don't think it's fair. I think the reason Steve Kerr is getting blasted for it is because he went public. He said it publicly. And he kind of just basically, like, point out said, like, it was more fun than uh, uh, Katie's um, final year. Final year. So I definitely. That's why I feel like he's getting blacklisted. But I think now to go to what um, my opinion on it is, it is look at it like this: we just got graded by one of the greatest basketball documentaries of all time in the last games. What was that documentary about? The last season of the Chicago Bulls, and we saw all of the craziness and all of the drama and turmoil and dysfunction that happened in that documentary. So, like, no, I'm not saying that the Warriors are on the level of the the Bulls when they had the, when they made the documentary. But at the time, the Warriors were the greatest team in the NBA. Kevin Durant, and it, like you said, in the offseason, it was a lot of rumbling. And, like, it was KD watch. Like, where is he going to go? What's he going to do? And it was always some type of news about KD. Like, and like you said, like, the players, they they didn't, like, they didn't really feel like he belonged. Like, Draymond called him a, I'm not going to say the word because we were there, but he called him a B-word. And, like, when he, this is how you know it's bad. When DeMarcus Cousins is the guy that has to come you down. And, and, I'm a and DeMarcus Cousins wanted to beat the crap out of Kevin Durant like a year or two before. I remembered that, and I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it so bad. But uh, I think that he, the root, and it's like you said, like, winning, the thing of it is, is in the case of them, normally winning gears off. But when you're in a situation where winning doesn't get off, it's an unbearable situation. And I think that Steve Kirk in an unbearable situation. And obviously, you know, if you go 15 and 50, like, that's bad. But it's also like you get a chance to look at things that you don't normally get a chance. You got a chance to look at young players that can potentially develop to become the game greater roles when Stephen Clay got back. And, like, unfortunately, Clay got hurt again right before the season started. But, like, it had, I, I see that season having brighter moments than like being stuck on the, the traveling circus of the team that had KD. Right. So, yeah, like like I said, I, like, I don't think it's fair that he's getting bombarded just because, like, one, it's his opinion. And two, like, if it's a toxic situation, it can't be fun. 
And like, and if not for any reason, but like, you don't have all the pressure. Like, if you're a losing team, and I'm not saying teams should strive to lose because it's easier, but like, the Warriors were on such a pedestal that they were seen as a team that just could not fail. They were seen as a team that was like, had no room to go wrong. Like, even losing to the Raptors was like a shock to people. And so I would say that, like, not having all that pressure, I'm sure it was a relief because Steve Kerr has had health issues. So if you got health issues, you're going to kind of want a little bit of a break. And so, yeah, like, I don't think he – I don't think it's that big of an issue. And I could believe him if he said that – in him saying that he had more fun coaching the 15 and 15 team, I can 150% believe that. It's low expectations. It's all these new guys – who want to prove themselves, Eric Pascal, you know, cats who, especially compared to, like you said, Steph and Clay who are both hurt, Draymond doing whatever. I can only imagine how much more of a peaceful environment it was just because, one, you don't have all the bickering and the arguments and the BS that you had to deal with the year before, but also you just get that peace of mind. So I don't have no issue with it. All right, one more thing before we make our game predictions for tonight. Uh, Stephen A. Smith everybody's favorite ESPN personality, uh, was on Twitter. He had time. Um, he saw a question that posed a question, Kyrie better than Iverson at this point, to which he responded, better? Sure, skill-wise, better handle, better J, hell, even a better score. But how, who's more dependable? Who carried a franchise on his shoulders night in and night out? Who said, give it all to me, and then basically carried his team to the finals by his damn self. So, Ethan, it's up to you. At if you had to pick a point guard, Kyrie or AI, where are you going? Um, I think it depends on like the structure of my team. All right, so let's say you are the Memphis Grizzlies of right now without Ja. I'm going AI for sure because the thing is. Cleveland by himself. Yeah, we saw him in Cleveland. And I think what Stephen A said is the truth. Like, overall, Kyrie is a way more skilled player than Iverson was. One, the errors, like, basketball basketball players overall are way more skilled now because they have certain levels of training. They, they saw guys like AI and Kobe growing up, and they implemented the skills that they had back then to now, but they're supremely, they're way more sharper than they were back then. But if I were to take a guy, put him on a team, and tell him to lead this team to the playoffs, I'm picking Allen Iverson 100 times out of 100. Yeah, and I'm in agreement with that. I mean, that's, honestly, that's the mystique of AI. Like, was he the tallest guy? No. Was he the biggest? Was he the strongest? No. Was he the most skilled? No. But that boy could ball. And he was willing to take the pressure. He was willing to take all the flat and say, put it on me, like St- Stephen A. said, and it worked. He got the 76ers to the playoffs. Not only the playoffs, but he got them to the finals. And they beat the Lakers in a game. A hell of a Lakers team that year. 
did it work out? No. Did he get a ring? No. But I mean, just in terms of that tenacity, in terms of wanting that pressure, wanting that opportunity, hell yeah. AI is that guy. And because the Lakers, like right now, because I have an established team, I would take Kyrie. But if we're talking Lakers post-Kobe, in that era where we got all those young cats, give me AI every day of the week. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, the thing is, I think something else that uh, Stephen A. really didn't talk about was you're essentially comparing Batman to Robin. AI, we know he's Batman. We know he is the show. But when... Robin tried to step in, a.k.a. Kyrie Irving, and be the guy. What happened? Nothing. And so, because of that, like, I'm taking Batman, sure. Robin may have more tools. May Robin may even have some powers, but if I need the job done, I'm going AI. All right, let's make game picks for tonight, Thursday, March 25th. Currently, it is 7 p.m. Central Time. So a couple of games are already underway, starting with the Washington Wizards, New York Knicks. The Wizards are up 2018 right now, 308 in the first. I got Wizards pulling off an upset. Who's playing the game? The Knicks. I got the Knicks. Portland Trailblazers taking on the Miami Heat. I got Trailblazers since Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic are out tonight. Yeah, I got Trailblazers also. Los Angeles Clippers taking on the San Antonio Spurs. I got Clippers. I got Clippers. Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. I got 76ers. They're playing the Suns? Lakers. The Lakers? Yeah, I got 76ers. All right, last game of the night. Golden State Warriors without Steph going up against the Sacramento Kings. This is a tough one. I think I'm going to go Warriors edging it out, but I do expect another big game from De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I get it. I get Warriors too. All right, let's talk some world wrestling entertainment. All right, Brother Keezy, let's talk about um, Fastlane. Here's a recap of what happened um, on the pre-show after a stellar bout between Mustafa Ali and Matt Riddle. Uh, Matt Riddle retains his title, but Retribution decides to leave behind Mr. Mustafa. Um, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair lose, but I'm more so tripping off the fact that Sasha slapped the hell out of Bianca. Bianca didn't do anything back. Biggie retains in an ending that confused everyone. Shane McMahon uses Elias to hold off his inevitable collision with Braun Strowman. Seth Rollins wins the fight for respect and defeats Shinsuke Nakamura. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus don't disappoint and beat each other to a pulp, but Drew comes out on top. With the help of Freddy the Fiend Krueger, Alexa Bliss defeats Randy Orton, and Roman Reigns retains his title after all hell breaks loose. I won the night with a record of 5-1. and one. What was your favorite match of Fastlane? Those are my favorite matches. For me, it was probably easily... It was between Seth and Shinsuke and Drew and Sheamus, but I asked it with uh, Seth and Shinsuke for like, you got two technical amazing wrestlers right here just going out and just having a great match. So like, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Seth and Shinsuke just because I mean when those two get in the ring, they're two of the best workers in the whole WWE. Even if one of them doesn't necessarily get the airtime as much as they should, but I mean you can't go wrong with two great guys like that. So it was a it was a really good match to me. Um, favorite moment? Mine was Edge being sick of everybody's BS and just saying, you know what, screw it. Everybody's gonna get beat with the chair. Uh, I think my favorite moment was like um, it's basically. The whole brawl with Sheamus and Drew. 
it's just like y'all can y'all just take take the no DQ stipulation just like y'all do it well like y'all know how to like incorporate no DQ matches like make you look great you just two two wrestlers just like beating the crap at each other and it's you can't go wrong with that agreed with you on that one all right um increase decrease stock who you got I would say decrease stock is most probably in just retribution as a whole because like we they weren't going anywhere anyway it was like what what, what do we do now you, you lost US title twice and like just that's just if they would stay together anyway like where are we gonna go from here anyway and then they weren't, they weren't even on Raw the next night if I'm not mistaken and then increase up increase up um oh who increased it good what didn't they get I would say, even though he lost, I would say Shinsuke because, like, he actually, like, just got to remind people, like, what he can do in the ring. He got to remind people, like, he is not just, like, some slouch. Like, he is Shinsuke Nakamura, one, one of the best, like, technical wrestlers, one of the best wrestlers in the company right now. And, if, like, they could do something with him. If, like, if, like um, especially with Seth, actually reminded people of that, like, even in a losing effort. Um, for me, in terms of increasing stock, I'm going to say Daniel Bryan. Even though I don't want this to be a triple threat match, of course, it's going to happen. But, I mean, Daniel gave Roman one hell of a fight. I mean, this was the closest to Roman tapping. I mean, he did technically make him tap out. So I mean, it, it I was, he, tap, he, he was just reminding them, like, look, you got a family. He, he, he tapped a ring finger. Like, you have a family at home. He didn't. Personally, I don't think <laughs> it was. I wouldn't have considered it a tap out. It but, was, I mean, it was definitely a tap out. <laughs> you, you take what you can get. But, yeah, I mean, Daniel really increased his stock. Um, I think it just showed that he's still a really formidable contender. I mean, even though it was, you know, going in edge and edge and Roman, but now Daniel provides a new element to it, which I don't love it, but it's not going to be a terrible match. It's more likely could possibly be the best match of the whole WrestleMania card. So we'll see how that shakes. And then decreased stock, and I mean this, like, in the slightest of slightest terms, but Bianca... If not for any other reason, but she made Sasha, she pretty much punked out to Sasha. Like, I understand it's a respect thing, but if somebody slaps your eyelash off and just com- repeatedly disrespects you, as the EST, you gotta, you gotta bounce back. I understand she got her lick back on Friday, but it just didn't hit the same. It would have been better if she would have did it, in my opinion, on the same night, just to instill, no, Sasha, you're not just gonna treat me any kind of way. Like I said, she got her lick back on Friday Night SmackDown, which was great because she did slap Sasha's earring off, which was... I know that slap had to hurt. But I just think it would have been more effective had she done it that same night. But um, my one booking decision, I wouldn't have had Roman look like he was tapping. Like, if anything, you could have made it look like he might have passed out, but I wouldn't have had him tap. Yeah, I'll probably, I would have had him tap. Like, like, like the way he did. Cause he's like, it was like a full tap out. Like, like, he was like tapping, like... Definitely make it made him pass. Like, yeah, you really passed up to Daniel Bryan. Like, no, that's not disrespect to Daniel Bryan. Like, it's still like this type of Roman Reigns, like passing out to Daniel Bryan. He like, said he'd rather die than tap out. I mean, like Stone Cold said. I mean, like yeah. not not what he said, but he passed out instead of yeah. pa- tapping the bread. I think it's more badass by pa- yeah, uh, passing like, out the pain. You know, you gonna give him the pleasure of tapping. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> Booking decision. Um. Uh, what is the booking decision? I would made 
Biggie and Apollo, like, like it was like it was clear like Biggie has like shows off the bat with the pink. Like I would make it like more concise and good. Like the last moments, like I see what they were trying to do, like um to prolong the feud to main. Like which y'all did a good job of it. The same thing, like it's kind of confused because even the commentators were confused. Like uh, who won this match? I didn't did, know who won until the music hit. Like oh okay, Biggie won. Because like like when I saw the replay, like, okay, he shows did did come off the bat. Same thing, like. It's kind of wonky how they did. Like, I know, like, you can't really book that, but, like, I feel like a different, like, roll-up. It could have been executed yeah. a bit better. It was really confusing. I, I was like, yeah, if they, like, did, like, a different roll-up forward, then, like, yeah. All right, WTF moment in showgrades. My WTF moment was, like I said, just Bianca not kicking Sasha's ass. <laughs> and my showgrade was a B. This was one of the better fast lanes that they did as far as, like, the overall show. So, yeah, no, it was a, it was a solid event. I liked it more in Elimination Chamber. I would say my WTF moments were like the whole Randy going versus Alexa Bliss because like what <laughs> it was the whole thing like we already know like how it was gonna be we already know it was pre taped like they clearly taped it during the day cause I saw it during Randy's and it was like the sunlight was like yeah clear tape is during the day it's like the whole thing like wow and it plus looked, they would have had to put a whole new ring mat because they cut yeah. through it it was pretty badass though. It was pretty bad. Um, fun fact, I think they said um, they're gonna have like um, they try to incorporate Bo Dallas with this. He ain't doing nothing else with his I life. I mean, so. cause you you and Bray both look very scarily similar. I do it. I mean, he's there <laughs> yeah. getting a check anyway. Might as well. They look scary similar. Like that's that's my whole like wow. And Randy, you still falling for all this? Like, how do you not know he's behind you? <laughs> Like, Randy, you should be used to this by now. It's Not black, used to it, but come on. It, it's Alexa Bliss. He was distracted. I mean, his wife was as well. And like, she was going to get I pay money to see it. Get Kim Warren in here. My show day, like, if a solid you know, B minus. It's all it is a solid show. You know, starts me like, got a little bumpy moments. And then, like, well, you know, overall solid show. And Roman's still undefeated at Fastlane. I mean. And and it is. He fought, I think he's five and zero oh now. That's such a useless stat because not many people really care about fast Because like, like the fast lane is just is just the it's that pep view that's there just to be there. Yeah, pretty much. Like because after you got Rumble, then you got the Chamber. Like you can just you can have like a two month build to Mania. You don't really need fast lane. It's just like why are you here? You know, <laughs> like reason. matches were fine. Just like can we just get to Mania now? Nope, gotta get the check. All right, but um, speaking of no longer getting the check, our good buddy Andrade was eventually granted his release from the WWE. Same my love fast name. Unfortunately, and um, following his release, he tweeted out, I want to thank Triple H, Paul Heyman, and William Regal for all these years and great support that they gave me all these years. Um, unlike most wrestlers who are granted their release, he did not have to wait 90 days, uh, 90 day, no complete call. So he will have the opportunity to compete for, nope, he doesn't have to wait. Oh, wow. So he will have the opportunity to perform for any company of his choosing. Where do you think he is going to end up? Probably back in New Japan. Because, like, I know, like, people say, oh, he'd be great at AEW. Like, not, not every wrestler goes to AEW. Not everybody out there leave WWE is supposed to go to AEW. Oh, like, I, I, I feel like he'll, he's going to shine, like, even brighter in um, New Japan. Because, like, the whole um, group of those equal numbers there, um, my opponent, like, he was a part of that group in, to begin with. That's where all the whole Tranquilo came from. Yeah. Like, I feel like he, um, he'll go back to New Japan. Um, 
Cause like A D they're they're fine. I don't I don't see him going to TNA. I'm like they can't pay him. <laughs> you can't you can't be engaged to the queen without money. What? What's her? Sorry, she 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 threatened I'm like yeah y'all gave his release so I'm leaving. <laughs> like well got a point there. <laughs> they want, she want to go nowhere. Like, She's like okay sure if you think so you're going somewhere. <laughs> Ashley go off. My Matter of fact, we're adding six months to your contract. <laughs> you know what? Make it eight. Actually, hold another year. Two years, actually. Mania, yeah. <laughs> Mania 38, actually. Yeah. You'll be here for a while. Um, But but I can see him definitely going back to um, to Japan. Um, Actually being as great as it was in WWE, great as it was in Japan as well. Because he's a fantastic wrestler. You know, like, he, he's still so young as well. Yeah, and he's I mean, so the, young, and he's still really in the prime of his career. Yeah. Unfortunately, Vincent King McMahon did not hone in on that, which is unfortunate. Do you think that him and Thea get back together? I don't want to call it Selena; that's a WWE name. But do you think they reunite wherever they he ends up signing? Because I, I think it'd be a great idea. Well, yeah, eventually, because like they have fantastic, fantastic again, English. They had a great dynamic together. And, like you can tell, like they really um, built on each other, and what they did in and out of the ring. Like I feel like their dynamic is like amazing. They do that. Okay, party. But yeah, um, I feel like if she does like um want to get back into like the wrestling business, like I'm pretty sure she does. But um, I feel like she'll do it because she support unionization. AEW doesn't. Hi, Cody. I mean, <laughs> he says so himself. So they, they, you're not getting union. Because a lot of people say, just go to AEW. They don't want Cody. Don't want a union either. <laughs> he doesn't want it either. <laughs> and they're partnered with TNA. So like, you definitely not get one. So like, no, WWE is so terrible. Only WWE is bad to its employees and doesn't support unions. They're the only bad one. I think, I think New Japan has it. I think they do. I'd be surprised I, if they didn't. Okay, I haven't really looked into it, but I think they do. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like I think they do. But if they don't, I feel like they still don't have a problem with actually having a you know, like actually care about their wrestlers. All right. So speaking of, I hate to see that he's gone, but let's talk the past meeting the present. That is the latest inductees to the WWE Hall of Fame 2021 class. Now, as we already know, Molly Holly and Eric Bischoff have been inducted. And courtesy of the bump, we found out that Kane, the big red machine, or as Knox County knows, (laughs) Mayor Glenn, will be one of the latest inductees. But he was not the only big man to be inducted. No, no, no. The greatest wrestler of all time, in my opinion. He's so great, he's in his name. In my opinion, no, there's no one better who exemplifies the the magnitude and the majesty of the big gold belt (laughs) than the great Kali. (laughs) Now, Kane, I get. Kane, I 100% understand. He totally deserves to be in it. But um, are you surprised at the great golly? Very surprised. I'm yeah. yeah. S- uh, no, no, like, no disrespect. None at all. But um, this was random. Uh, look, Why? They, they say, look, if it didn't work with gender, we're going we, we gonna to make Kali work. We're going to put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Indian, we're we going to get the Indian money some one way or another. I don't. I, I think he's doing fine in India. I don't. <laughs> 
This was done because I heard his was announced before Kane's. It was. Yes. So I didn't find out about his till after. So you know, had this meant. Who's gonna do his speech? His English is not great. Who's even gonna induct him? Rajan Singh probably. Either him or probably gender. If not, because I don't got anybody else to ask. And it, uh, <laughs> let's be honest, this is to hit an you know, Indian demographic. Or, or, or Natalia? Hornswoggle? I don't know. Beth Phoenix? CM Punk. No, not. <laughs> anybody. Somebody. Somebody will do it. I mean, I'm, congratulations I'm, to him. Not, not gonna lie. Like, it, came, it came out of nowhere. But as as terms of your... Well, I don't know what you did. I don't know what you did outside of the baby. I really don't know. So if you did great outside of the baby... Congratulations, because they inducted um Juice and Thunder Thunder Liger in there. Yeah, man, he really he had one he, NXT match. He, yeah, like you get inducted for the things you did. Then, but when was being there for last year? Juice or twenty nineteen? I think it was twenty nineteen. It's one of the years, but um, congrats, Kali. Like I'm not gonna lie, it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. Like Kane, I've makes total. Sense. I've like past due, but congratulations. Kylie came out there, but congratulations. You know, hey, you're like, doing something I'll never be in. No, so if he did something outside of just let let us know. Just like as far, as far as in ring career goes, like they dropped the ball on him. I don't know what you're talking about. He he destroyed Undertaker. He did. He 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 did. He made he squeezed Ray Mysterio's head, made him bleed from the mouth. I ain't gonna lie, as a kid, that scared That's me. <laughs> that scared me a little bit. Like wow. We wouldn't have a Punjabi prison if it wasn't for the great Kylie. So. Aren't you grateful I mean, for that? He should have been in the Hall of Fame like, for that. You had like three or four of those. They even brought it back. And guess who showed up? Great Khali. Even he held the title up in there as well. You're welcome. Yeah, he, he had one of Big Show facing heel turns because. Case <laughs> You know, I got him my brother in law out. Fun fact I actually did have a not the worst match I've ever seen in my life at Backlash 08, him and Big Show. You know, so if you, you know, that's a nice Greg Holly moment. You should check it out. I mean, he had he had a great match with John Cena as well. Like he can have a good match depending on the person. Yeah, you know, like two people. You know, every once in every other blue moon, not every blue moon, but every other blue moon. Maybe a maybe a purple one just to be safe. But uh, let's talk about who's not going to be at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Dave Bautista. Um, took to Twitter um, after it was p- fans were up in the airs after they saw that he was removed from the 2020 uh, Hall of Fame class and t- in response to that he said to the at WWE Universe unfortunately due to previous obligations I am unable to be a part of the at WWE Hall of Fame this year by my request they have agreed to induct me at a future ceremony <laughs> where I'll be able to properly thank the fans and people who have made my career possible yeah. hashtag Dream Chaser. Oh, there's own request. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm not mad at. I mean, it would have been awkward if they were like, "Oh, you can't make it. Screw you. You're not getting inducted." But like, you know, the WWE it. still respects a few people. I, I'm surprised Vince respecting everything he said about Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's Batista. You know, hey, right. he's he's connected to Marvel. He's making big money. I mean, yeah, I mean, both of y'all making a Disney money from Fox anyway. So hey, like, they got a billion dollars, <laughs> so I think they're okay. But you know. Um, I don't think so. still congrats to Batista. Like, hey, I'm like, I understand. Like, I would rather get inducted in front of like I'm Batista. <laughs> that and plus, like, if you can't even make the ceremony, it yeah, yeah make you can't make it anyway. Like, I, I said, I don't want anyone that took my award for me, so uh, just do it, just do like 2022. Yeah, because Maybe nobody else can do the machine gun like I can. Nobody else can do I mean, the like, like Xavier, he's cool, but he's not me. He's not the same. Tyler Breeze, he's cool, like, but he's not me. I'm Batista. Yeah. 
Even I mean, with my ugly tattoos, I'm still Batista. I Tony mean, does it the best. I mean, I was like Deacon Batista. In, in one we don't piece. talk about that. There's there's parts of every wrestler's career that we don't talk about. You know what? <laughs> Speaking of which, we're just gonna skip something really quick. We're gonna come back to it. So apparently. Oh, you and I man. talked about this. Um, we were talking about this before he even moved there. Yeah, and apparently uh, Peacock will be editing out so much uh, um, controversial WWE content from past events. Of course, the first one that keep it up is, is going to be gone is Vince McMahon's segment with Booker T. Um, that's gone. Him using the N word, of course, that's gone. Um, apparently many of his backstage segments with the, at the time, WWE Divas, that's going to be gone. So needless to say, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) you might only have about five minutes of content from the Attitude Era. So I hope you had fun because it's, so of the, um. I wish to live in the UK right now because they still got the WWE Network. Yeah. (laughs) For now, but they still have it. Of the, there is so much of the controversial content on the WWE Network because let's be honest, there is several instances. Even if you, t- are they gonna have Snitsky punting the baby? <laughs> you kind of have that. Are they gonna have all the DX, DX like are they dick gonna jokes? Have Katie Vick? No, they they're they're, they're definitely gonna have that. There are so many things that are gonna be gone. People like you don't deserve to. Uh, they I mean, Chris. Oh, yeah, they're not gonna have that. Are they? Are you? Are they gonna have them dropping shit on uh the McMahon's and the Spears squad? There's so much stuff that uh, I think about that may be gone. If real talk, Peacock probably should have just bought up to the PG era because there's gonna be a lot of things that are missing. But of the many things that are more likely gonna be gone, if there was one thing that you know or have a really good idea is gonna be gone, what would you say? Excuse me, what would you save? Uh, what would I save? I'm not gonna lie. Everything with, um, Zach Gowan was funny. I don't know why, like, y'all had, yeah, y'all had to do this man like this. Brock Lesnar brutalized this man in front of his mom. His mom. He literally ripped his leg off. He, he literally ripped this man's leg off in front of his mom. Watch his blood on his chest, like, yeah. Uh huh. I'm doing it. I can. Oh, I can't. I can. This will be. This will be very like. Wow. You gonna be watching SmackDown like they gonna cut that part out and go straight to the next segment? Like, what? Uh, y'all missing the segment from here? No, we're not. <laughs> this never happened. <laughs> like this is Raws from the Attitude Era. Literally gonna be like. I mean, and that 30 was minutes. And that was SmackDown from Ruthless Aggression Era. Like, if anything, they're just gonna cut out things that aren't matches. And even then, they're. I bet all the uh. Vince v- versus May Young showing her boobs. That's gone. Um, the bikini contests are probably all gonna be gone. Um, Trish on her hands and knees like a barking, barking like a like dog. A... That's gone. Holy crap! It's gonna be. This is gonna be terrible. It, I'm. I'm this isn't gonna be fun anymore. That sounds bad. So um, WWE. Um, did y'all? Yeah, I guess y'all forget. Like, Peacock is a family friendly. Allegedly, they. Oh. I, I've been on Peacock. The last week or so, and the thing I've seen most promoted is a documentary on John Wayne Gacy. So y'all, oh, yeah. not, y'all weren't that uh, kid friendly. But but um, you know I'm probably watching because I'm a. Angela, like, like, y'all should my y'all might as well just keep it on there. Cause like like with Disney Plus, when they have like uh, past like insensitive things, they just put in like we're gonna keep this in to show y'all like what we how far we are. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna lie it. to you. It's 
I feel like if they start taking stuff off, it's only going to get worse because then the argument will be, well, how is this not considered offensive? Why is this here? And so it's going to be like a slippery slope of you take this off, then you got to take this off, then you got to take this off. Like, also, then, I, you can't, then you just can't have wrestling. It, literally, because that's wrestling for most of its history. And also, I'm not, but if I had. I mean, you're gonna take that, you got to take off Hulk Hogan as well. Well, I'll, I'll I'll sign a petition. For I mean, that. I'll I'll contact Snickers as well. He, they gotta get rid of Yokozuna because he's not actually Japanese. I mean, most most of the gimmicks Oswald, back in the day. I mean, yeah. Akeem, the African dream. This man that's, is white. That's gotta go. <laughs> um, Kamala, that's gone. Coco, beware, probably gone. Tatanka. It, yeah, well, Tatanka's actually Native American. Oh. It's a lot that would have to go. Also, okay, but if we're talking controversial content. It's hard for me to pick a specific thing, but can we at least? I just need. I didn't need three things from you. Keep crazy Mickey, because sometimes I just need the like Psycho Stalker Mickey was just mm-hmm. prime content, and I understand it can make some people uncomfortable, but it's it's superior. It's, it's, it's wrestling. I mean, like literally, like literally, it's wrestling. Literally, <laughs> two. All my crime time stuff. Oh god! Oh, I, I know feel, it's terrible. I, and I know I, that's I forgot about. Gone. I forgot about. All but that. at the very least, I need you to keep the wholesale, and I need you to keep them interacting with DX. I have to have the DX one for shizzle. <laughs> I have what? to have that. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with your man? Uh, I speak chai. Like I just need. I need that. And then three. Kurt Angle not giving a damn about anybody or anything. He doesn't care about the military. He doesn't like black people. Like I just need that. Not, I need Kurt Angle saying whatever he wanted. I'm not and everybody a big fan like, of the, the black, black people. people. I need him to have. I need all of that. Keep it up, my name. Like that's gonna be. I ain't like so I, P- I ain't, ain't gonna lie to you. Just just keep it on there. Because at this point. If people rage about it, they you, they don't have to watch it. The you, thing is, you watch you, DX like impersonating an Asian guy, or the the uh, the Nation of Domination, which <sighs> the, y'all can get rid of that. That was terrible. But the, it, <laughs> it's just like nobody's going to like. If you're not a wrestling fan, you're not just going to randomly pop up on it. Like you can't just type it in on there. Like you have yeah. to literally go to the pay per view to see it. It's not something that they're like promoting. It just happened. It's like at this one, like y'all. Hey, have, it's wrestling. Literally, Kenny Omega's like said on like AEW's like sixty nine me. <laughs> he said that on live TV. Oh, like Kenny, we understand you're bisexual, but same thing. Like, <sighs> like I don't think you should say this on TV. <laughs> Keep it in the bedroom, Kenny. Yeah. So I mean, like, it's you're everybody's gonna be offended by something. I just say leave it. Like, it's no point. I'm like, it, like, like seriously, at this point. It is literally it's, it's wrestling. And if you don't, like wrestling it. is literally like a soap opera that has never ended, <laughs> like the past sixty years. Yeah. Just take a look at the dirty title. Like this, this, this is literally just one long storyline. Yeah. So <laughs> Peacock, don't touch it. Just leave it be. Just I t- know. Put it back. There are some things that are terrible, and I'm not gonna lie. You can get rid of it. Like I said, Hulk Hogan, anything. Like um, K- Katie, they, they hang on. They're just nasty. Like this necrophilia. Like. We could we could get rid of. Donald Trump. That the whole even all like him getting stunned. You can keep that. Um, oh, most of the early WrestleManias, I ain't gonna like anything. Like, I ain't like you gotta get rid of like most of, like the golden the golden era attitude era. Cause I mean, we can get rid of because like we if can it, get rid of uh McMahon McMahonism. We can. 
I feel like they did. I feel like I just feel yeah, like they did. I, and that was something I completely forgot. Yeah, because this woman that have a lump wrist breast like what? Imagine Vince. having a feud with God and winning and thinking you're going to heaven. We all look. We all know Vince is not seeing the pearly gates. We we know he's not seeing. He he's not getting an iota of heaven. <laughs> He's not there. Guys, not even gonna fake him out. He's like, no, like, no. but uh, no, no, no. Look, I've but been, Linda, look, look I, I've been waiting for you. No, I've been waiting. I, I just, I've been waiting to tell you. No, I to do this, and it gives him a stone coast. Has he been? You're fired. What do you mean? Yeah, you're in hell. What? <laughs> With all the fire, you're fired. And then boom, he's. <laughs> and hell is Ted Turner beating him in the ratings every week. I don't know why. I just feel like Vince would take over hell. Like <laughs> he'll he'll buy died. hell. He'll like what he like. Would, he like saying, what you doing up here, Vince Bolt Hill? Like what? Yeah. And he kicked me out. He threw me hey, out. Yeah, he fired me. But you're saying no. He's Satan now. Wait. Well, <laughs> I think a lot of people would agree with that. Like he's Satan now. Listen, listen, Look, listen. Fi- I'm Satan. He fired Paul London for smiling. He 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 he, he almost fired. It took two minutes to convince him not to fire Titus O'Neil. <laughs> like he just, he just wanted Stephanie to go first. Nope. Nope, he's a an irrational man. But by God, I he can't hates wait. sneezing. I can't wait till this documentary comes out. That's I gonna be the best thing. I'm gonna meet this man. God forbid I, I sneeze to. around him. I just, I, I think I'd be intimidated. I just want to like, okay, literally, literally, everyone says they're intimidated, but except Zach, Sa- yeah, except Zach, Zach Saber Jr. He didn't know who he was from the Cruiserweight Classic. Imagine not knowing who he is. Like this being like who. He, he literally wrestled for them, put on banger matches. Like, no, nah, I don't want your country. I'm going back to Japan now. I'm like, <laughs> the he, ultimate flex, not wanting to come to the WWE. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. Like, thanks for the, um, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Attention, that uh, opportunity. Thank that. I appreciate it, but people know who I am. So, I just like thanks for the platform, though. Bye. I put on banger matches with Cedric Alexander, Brian Kendrick. Like, good Lord. Wow, it's almost like the banger, weights can actually do something. Put on banger matches. You, you you don't even know who this man is. I feel like he wasn't lying. He's like, who? This man literally been wrestling in Japan his whole life. I, I can believe it. I can believe it too. Like, I don't have to watch this Because it's almost like, you know, people in Japan don't need the WWE. They have New Japan. They don't need it. Like, they're trying to expand to America. Like, y'all don't need it. Like, I ain't going to tell you, yeah, because I, I ain't going to lie. I'll, I'll, I have stayed up to two in the morning to watch the Wrestle King, but I ain't going to lie. I, I see how y'all feel when y'all watch like Raws and Smackdown like it's exhausting it's time to tune them on to watch a four hour show imagine Wrestlemania and, yeah. and but you do that normally cause it's gonna be this imagine this imagine Wrestlemania was still like eight hours long and they stayed up to like y'all staying up to just give this. it another year we'll be back yeah, once yeah, fans uh, get back in oh yeah cause ain't next year they're gonna be in Hollywood Hollywood or yep. like and then Dallas I believe I think it's Hollywood Dallas then back to Florida. I don't know after that. I just know these next three. Yeah, like, come, y'all ain't like come somewhere close to Tennessee though. I mean, couple like a little closer to Tennessee. I like, I know y'all like bigger stadiums. Like we we we'll have the time. Atlanta. We have the times build a bigger stadium. They're not going to. We'll tell them though. I mean, the best closest <laughs> we probably gonna get is Atlanta. All right. Uh, speaking of WrestleMania, let's talk WrestleMania week where it's gonna be a whole hell of a lot of content. But let's start with. NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Two night event, but I feel like it's going to be commercials. Yeah, and I don't like that. But here's how we're going to do this. We're going to look at nights one, 
and night two, we're going to say which match from each night we are most looking forward to. I'm not caught up on NXT, but I'm only one week behind. So, well, actually, this past week. So, I'm good. But, so, here we got Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Why UK Championship. Like I saw him get chopped and my, mm. my, my soul left my body. And they held him up too long. A gauntlet eliminator match. Well, gauntlet matches are elimination. That was a stupid title. Um, To decide a number one contender for the North American Championship. What's North American Champion? Uh, Johnny Gargano. Okay. We got Boa versus Leon Ruff versus Austin Theory versus LA Knight versus... Tyler Russ versus Jake. Yes, okay, cool. I thought that was a name. Versus Bronson Reed versus Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes versus Roderick Strong versus Isaiah Swerp. Scott versus Pete Dude. I ain't gonna lie to you. There's like two or three people I want to win that match, but I will save that for the prediction show. Um, and then we got MSK versus Grizzly Young Veterans versus Legado del Fantasma for the NXT Tag Team Championships, were, which were vacated by Danny Burch and Orny. Because then Danny get injured mm-hmm. by these older wrestlers. He's been wrestling for a long time, too. So, of the matches for night one. That's night one. Good God. What match are you most looking forward to? I'm not gonna lie to you. I know Raquel and Eo's gonna be cool, but I'm excited for this gauntlet match. I think it's gonna be you fun. know, I've been watching NXT UK, you know, and I, I just want to see another murder because I don't know why. Watch, you just keep murdering people. Now you're like, you know what? I'm done murdering y'all. I'm going to America and murder y'all. I'm sick of killing <laughs> the same people twice. You know. Hey, Pete, you remember me? No. <laughs> he's worried. He's like, focused on something else. Like, Tommaso. Oh, the fact that is only 35, he's the same age as Roman. Like, he don't look like. He looks old. It's his hair. He like Tomas. You have so much gray. It's your it's your daughter stressing you out. He's having a reshape NXT is stressing him out. I mean, but but come on though. Uh, I'm I'm still gonna say Walter versus Tomasa because like we know Tomasa not gonna win that, and I don't want to see Walter murder somebody else. I saw him get chopped while he was getting held back. I want to see him just take the chop chop like a man. And like his chops sound like gunshot. You you can't pay me enough to get chopped by Walter. So I'm just look at his match with Ilya Dragunov. Like that, they had no crowd in there. That that sounded off. It sounded off like you can you can hear the top in America when it happened. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no, hard no for me, boss. All right, night two. Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole in an unsanctioned match. Johnny Gargano versus the winner of the uh, North American Championship Gauntlet match. He's salivating at that. Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar for the Unified NXT Cruiserweight Championship in a ladder match. Thanks, Shawn Michaels. Oh, I love Shawn. All right, which of these matches? I'm. Uh, I like. I like so many. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off the grain and I'm gonna say Jordan Devlin and Santos. Just because one cruiser, I mean, they're two of the best of the cruiserweight division. Two ladder matches are literally always fun, Especially and then NXT ladder matches. Yeah, because they nobody cares about their well being. This one, this one, of the few ladder matches was only two people. Yeah, and then my next closest one, of course, is Adam and Kyle because I know that's going to be a banger. I would say the match I'm looking, most looking forward to is um, Kyle and um, Adam. I've seen the match they had back in the day, like. Okay, y'all just having banger matches for for free, on purpose. Okay, y'all just do y'all this stuff y'all do. Okay, bet. 
Yeah, because I already know like Santos and um, Jordan, it's gonna be a banker match. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know who's winning. I don't know who I want to win that match because I'm oh, like, I know who I, I like want both. I know who I want to win, but you know Jordan's cool too. But I can't go against my boyfriend. It's gonna be a good match though. Oh, it's gonna be great. I don't know who's winning that match. Ah, oh, okay, that's no idea. All right, WrestleMania time. Here's night one so far because um literally as soon as fast lane ended, they said match, match, this is happening, this is match, happening. Match, now match, we can match, actually match. now we can actually focus on WrestleMania and not care about fast lane. So night one, we know it's gonna be WWE Championship, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, mm-hmm. Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for Man, the SmackDown Women's Championship. It better freaking be Bad Bunny versus the Miz, Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, huh. Raw Tag Team Championship, The New Day versus um, AJ Styles and Amos, and Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. Now, in, I'm not looking forward to. Yeah, I was going to say, in the inverse of what we did for NXT, the matches we're not looking forward to, and I can easily say I could Shane care less about Braun. Braun and Shane. Because, hey, you're I'm calling you stupid. Well, we should have a match. No. No, like, no, no. You're not just stupid, but you're... Big and stupid. Yeah, but, 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 what? Okay. Like, I can tell this few, like, we know, like, this few is aimed towards the kids. Like, we understand it, but at the same time, it's not being executed properly. It's like, it's it's not interesting. It's just not interesting. I'm sorry. I know this this is a few for the little children. Like, well, I get that. But, this is what y'all went with? <laughs> y'all couldn't have did anything else? Like, if anything, like, hey, why it gotta be Shane? Y'all couldn't have somebody else who people actually, a heel that people want to watch on TV? Like, well, I don't want to watch Braun, but I mean, a, you can just like, one person it, it also, it's the same time, like, aren't they both heels? Because, <laughs> Braun, you've been a heel since you had the match with the few, and Shane, no one's, just no one likes you. No, what are you talking about? Every time he comes out, he gets such a huge fan reaction because like, Shane, Shane, Shane. Like Shane. Oh, also, look, you got to keep the DX impersonating the McMahons. I know that they use the R word, but you have to keep it. Sorry, Peacock. I just want y'all to know that. They Oh, they did. Uh, son. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, I'm going to dance. Oh, now, Shane, you know, if you do something, I can have do you. That's how it is. That's how it's always been. So, yeah. I'm sorry, Peacock. Now, but, I think about it. Just don't get rid of anything. Cause look. But you, just don't do it. But if yeah. I have to look this up on YouTube, I will. But, yeah. Shane and Brun, why, why is this a thing? Just do it on Raw. No, no. Do it on Raw. No, this is a match that everybody... This is, no, no it, this is the real main event. Do it, do it on Raw Underground. This, because this where this, this where it belongs. This underground. This is, buried. This six is feet. the real main event of WrestleMania. Like, this is the WrestleMania you, of WrestleMania. I'm saying this, but they can actually hear this. I'm like, you know what? No, that Shane, just, you, want, you, want, you want me to call you my son? Val, just let me know. All right, well, that's it for me for tonight. I'm going to bed. That's all I heard. Really? Y'all really do? Like, yeah. what? Make it be the first match. Get over with. Just get it over with. Make it, do yeah, it on the pre-show. They can put it, they can put it right in the middle. Of the do it on the pre-show. They, they can put it right in the middle. That's what Shane always has his match. Unless it's AJ Styles. the first match. Just do it on the pre-show. How about how about this? Have you hear me out, though? You know do that, it without the cameras on. You, you know that two-hour pre-show that y'all are definitely going to have? From, just do it, do it there. You know? Get it out the way. It's 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 quick. No one needs to see it. Actually, more people are going to see it. It's on YouTube, um, Peacock, face, Peacock Facebook. It's see more people going to watch it. There you go. 
spoon. Just, just spoon. Do it on a pre-string. Or just don't do it at all. I like that one. Let's not just do don't it. Don't do all. it. Hey, you're stupid. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. How do, how do, how do, just but, also, run, run. also, people have done worse to you. Also, Tom Phillips is an idiot because that definitely was not slime. And also, even if it was slime, why would you find a bucket of slime at a wrestling it's Shane show? McMahon. No, no, no. Just to pour on someone. Like, it's, it's Shane McMahon. That was clearly paint. Do you not oh. know the difference between <laughs> paint and slime? No. Slime would have been stickier. It was like... Tom Ferris plays for and Kenny Pooh up in the commentary. But at the same time, Shane, how petty that be to put, to put paint under the ring? You you play hopscotch out there as well. He, Shane just does stuff. Like, why do you do this? Look at me, Dad. I'm dancing. That's literally. Shawn Michaels is better Shane than Shane. I mean, he, I bet he get called son first. <laughs> All right, night two, Universal Championship: Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Raw Women's Championship: Asuka, Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. This should be semi-main. The uh, Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. Intercontinental Championship match: Big E versus Apollo Cruz. And Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Of the matches, honestly, I'm probably least interested in Big E and Apollo just because I feel like it's kind of gone on a bit long. And while it's not that I don't think it's going to be a good match, it's just like... It's just the one you just least... Yeah, and also it's just... I don't... I know WWE's progressive and all that. The but on the other hand, the you still have Hulk Hogan, quote unquote, being a co-host for this event. Why? Just let Tony by himself. That and it let's let's be honest here. Do you really think that Vincent K. McMahon is going to put the Intercontinental Championship on someone who claims to hail from Africa with an accent who can walks around in Nigerian attire with a scepter? Do you really think that is the image that WWE is really going to put a title on? Okay. Go off. But yeah, that's the one I'm least looking forward to. Kevin and Sammy almost was there, but I mean, just the it's history. I know it's going to be a great match. This is like, wow. Because actually my pick was Kevin and Sammy. Because like, it's baby last me, but at like the same time, it's Kevin and Sammy. Yeah. They can fight forever. Also, pop quiz question. When the last time Sammy's going to be Kevin Owens? Has he? Yep. So far, the form of when I looked up, he, he's only beat him one time. Like, in WWE terms. He's only beat him one time. Was it a battleground? Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's, a, that's literally the only time. Like, me personally, that's the only one I could find Sami Zayn actually beating Kevin Owens. Well, I mean, you know, the Kevin ke- was worried that he wasn't going to be on the WrestleMania card. Now, look at him. He's on the card. I mean, with, together. with one of your best friends. Actually, with your best friend. Like, wow. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, it's gonna be a good match. It's just random and low stakes, but at the same time, like it's, it's Kevin and Sammy. <laughs> yeah, I mean overall, the match quality for WrestleMania this year, this I think, is way better than last year. I think that overall matches, uh, I yeah, are better. I can see it. Cause someone said this like um, um, Ring of Honor card where like Seth Rollins versus uh, Cesaro. 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 That's how Seth says it, doesn't he? Yes, and it's, it, it's very an interesting. Way. Cesaro is, is probably from Iowa. I don't know how they talk in Iowa. No. Cesaro. I, I don't know. Maybe right. that's how it's actually said where he's from. Then you got Kevin and Sammy. Like, huh, this kind of is a ring of honor card. Good God. But um, it should, like, the match quality is, is going to be, like, fantastic. You got Oscar versus Rhea. I can't wait for that match. You got Bianca versus Sasha. You got 
Drew versus Bobby, they had they had good matches. But like the match card itself, like for both nights, well, aside from one match, but we all we all know. we don't care. I'm not counting that. Like the Hulk Hogan, quote unquote, being a host, that doesn't exist to me. Like Tyrus, you're only host I see. And Billy, Billy K. Nope. Yeah. which make her the host. Fuck you, Terry. I, I mean, honestly, she could be the host by herself. Titus, gonna, you cool and all. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Just, just fuck you, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need to see you. I don't know who asked for this. Like, besides a big whopping no one. They can play a theme song. That's about it. I'll give Jiggy that. Instead of playing um America the Beautiful, play that. Because, like, Titus, you cool. We like you. You, you know, you make your paycheck, even though you're not really wrestling that much in a way. But you're still making your money, yo. However. Well, you one of their best brand, brand ambassadors. Like, hey, you got that going. Yeah, I, 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 I bet you get health insurance when you're not wrestling. Well, that's why <laughs> Terry's here to get that shut down. <laughs> but that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please be sure to check out the export.net. I repeat, the export.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. Anything you would like to say before we close this bad boy out? Because now that I think about it, next week. We're going to have the NXT Stand and Deliver Prediction Show. Woo! So that'll be long. Don't have, you have both prediction shows. No, only because since when we record is like Friday or Saturday, mm. so. Okay. And then so we'll be able to still do NXT. Yay, wrestling! Lots of lots of prediction shows coming your way. Lots of wrestling, sports, oh, the wait. NFL drafts coming up. A lot of content coming out. It's going to be fun. We love fun things. Sports. We all work ahead of us. Don't you love it? All right. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you all next time.